The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, our friend Marcus, the Acid King, is at it again. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me this week is co-host Dean. Dean, hello, and how is it going? Uh, hello, my brother Tim. Uh, it's, it's going really well. How are you? I'm excellent. I like that you threw the brother in there. That was a nice slide in the brother. Let people know we're yeah. bros, official bros. You know it, man. Yeah, you know it. Hey, Dean, speaking of comics... Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah, are speaking of comics. Speaking of comics, we we're gonna do uh, Deadly Class Volume Three this week. Yes, I'm so happy. Class is back in session, Tim. Let's do it. I know you're excited. I'm excited as well. We love this uh, series, this Deadly Class series. I love the series, Tim. We did uh, Volume One and Two, and we promised everyone that we would keep going, and we'd try to do one a month. And then and we stopped. We stopped. <laughs> we stopped after volume two. Four four months or so passed, and we hadn't done one. And we're going back to it, Dean, because a listener reached yeah. out and said, "Where the fuck are your deadly class episodes?" We thought no one would notice. Yeah, we we didn't. And this listener is like, "What the hell? You promised me deadly class. Where is it?" And we're like, "Ah, shit, shit. We, call, we got caught. We got called out on it." So, uh, which I'm so happy about because I just oh, thought totally. nobody cared. I thought nobody cared about deadly class. Yeah. Um. Lots of lots of the stuff we do, we get feedback on deadly class. It was kind of um a little bit quiet. Now, yeah. not sure what that meant, but you know. The, we, we got some feedback um, after not doing it for a long time. So that made me and you very happy. We love hearing from the listeners. Totally. We love all the listeners. Uh, thanks to anybody who wants to reach out. We always like to, um, you know, have conversations with y'all. So uh, this is what can happen. If you touch base with us, we might just do something you're looking for, but we're going to do it. We're doing volume three of Deadly Class this week. I'm so pumped, Tim, and I, I haven't like rolled back the tapes and listened to volume one and volume two, but I probably said that volume one was like my favorite Deadly Class volume, and then I probably said volume two is my favorite Deadly Class volume, and I'm going to say it right now, volume three is my favorite Deadly Class volume. That's fine. That's a, a pretty normal thing to say, because as these stories keep going, the storylines yeah. keep progressing, you get more in touch with different characters. You like more characters more. You dislike other characters more. So it's kind of um, any ongoing series of any type that's good should be getting better the further you go. And if it's not, then there's something wrong with it. So, yeah, I connected deeply with this volume. This oh, is uh, a this, deep this connection. A deep connection. This one's kind of screaming at me. It's kind of shouting at me and attacking me. Okay. Well, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about it. So, Dean, this volume is called The Snake Pit interesting i like it that's a cool name that just gets it me is. excited right off the bat for sure you love snakes i i used to love snakes and right then I, you went to the now snake pit I, and you hate snakes now i re- I, I deeply respect snakes <laughs> oh yeah yeah i respect those guys yeah, yeah i respect the shit out of some snake pits yeah 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 uh now we probably should preface this as well is that these deadly class episodes in the past have received uh max labeling from us because there's right. usually some content that not everybody is going to like. It's and not it, it's our not fault. It's not our fault. It's in the book. And it's in the book. Sometimes that that this book brings the worst out in us. And we can't be held responsible. Yeah. <laughs> but we're warning you right now. If you don't like 
um, swear words and, and other things and some other uh, unsettling conversations, then I don't know. This this episode might not be for you, but, yeah. you know, maybe uh, maybe you'll like it anyways. I don't know. If not, go Hopefully. go listen to um, what have we done that's been rated G? Have we done anything? Well, we just did the seventh voyage of Sinbad. That's a rated G movie. Uh, Perfect. That might be more up your alley. Perfect. That would be a great one to listen to. Yeah. For everybody else, uh, dig in. Dig in here. We're, dig we're gonna, in. It's going to fly. We're going to let it fly. We're going to get after it. Yeah. There's going to be sex, drugs, and profanity. And more drugs and more sex. And more sex. There's a lot of sex in this book. This book has the most sex so far. Yeah. yeah. Tim, that is not one of the aspects that I deeply connect with. No? <laughs> it's the drugs. It's the drugs. <laughs> it the excessive drug use, right? Is it the, is it the excessive you know drug me. use or the murder? It's one of those two. <laughs> I can't wait to get there to find out. It's a school of assassins, Tim. Yeah, I know. It is a school <laughs> of assassins. Now, Dean, this was released in 2015 by Image Comics. It is volume three in the collection. This collection is still ongoing. Cool. Yeah, so uh, we could uh, we got a lot a lot to go through. I think they're working on they're working on nine or ten right now. Like they're they're I think they're currently going through ten uh, issue, okay. issue by issue. But let's catch them. Let's catch up. Yeah, let's catch up. Same team um, as the other two we have done. Rick Remender writing, and the art is by Wesley Craig and Lee Loridge. Now we love Perfect. we love them all. We yep. uh, we definitely connect with Remender in a deep way. This guy's a, love this guy. This guy's a, a mad scientist writing genius. Yeah. It has been many, many months since we have done a volume. So I feel like we need to recap somewhat for people. Uh, but then I started to think, well, what happens if we get to like volume eight? Are we going to recap all? Is the whole like episode just going to be us recapping the previous seven volumes? No way, man. Um, but I think it, it, it has to be done in some way or another. So Tim, you're the professional. I'm going to leave it to you. Uh, we're, we're, we're both professionals. I, I'm I'm in a little bit of an amateur. We're both kind of amateurs at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Depends how you look at it. But I'm going to recap volume one and two very, very quickly. Okay. This is, this is, I, I, I thought about throwing it this to you to do. Oh, wow. And then I remembered about our uh, lock and key episode where you recapped the uh, the books for us. I, Tim, in that episode, and I fell asleep I was three times. <laughs> Mid-episode, I was canceled on recaps. I had m- multiple recaps written out that you didn't let me do. <laughs> yeah, you're out. You're out as recap guy. I've been canceled. So, <laughs> so I'm going to do the recaps. Perfect. Uh, you know what? That's, that's better anyways. <laughs> Less for you to do, right? Oh, yeah. I like to just show up. I don't want to have notes with me. What the hell? <laughs> I don't have notes. I memorize everything. That's true. You I do. spend you, days yeah. memorizing. Yeah. You dig Weeks. up the facts and then you just memorize yeah. them because that's what matters. I, I love memorization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It was, it was my favorite course in uh, high school. Memorization. <laughs> memorization. Yeah. You were really good at that one. If I remember. I was, yeah. I was in 101 though. I was in memorization 101, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Did you never, never went to 102? Never hit the 100. Isn't the 100 the better than the 101? Oh, is it? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, Tim. Know. It's a lower number. I don't know. I don't know. High school was really weird. It was a weird time. <laughs> hey, Dean, speaking of high school. Oh, yes. Great. Um, volume one, Marcus. Okay, recap of volume one. Marcus, a homeless 14-year-old, is ready to kill himself when he gets recruited to King's Dominion, a school for young assassins. Marcus navigates the difficulties of high school while trying to stay alive. He makes friends. He makes enemies. And goes on a road trip for the ages. Things go wrong when one of his schoolmates, Chico, comes to kill the road trip crew, only to be killed himself by his girlfriend, Maria. 
Meanwhile, a dark figure from Marcus's past, Chester Wilson, a.k.a. Goatfucker, a.k.a. Him, emerges at the end to steal the head of Chico. That is Volume 1 in a nutshell. Volume 2, Marcus finds himself in a love triangle with Maria and Saya. He works at a comic book store where he sometimes shits his pants. Chester Wilson and his gang need to be dealt with for having Chico's head and a team from King's Dominion go to work. In a vicious death battle, the crew from King's Dominion come out on top, only to be met by El Alma del Diablo, also known as Chico's dad. Wow. Tim, you gave me this uh, some episodes ago. I got to give it to you. (laughs) The slow clap. Tim, that was a great, great recap. I understand why you're the pro now. I get it. I get it. Oh, man. Recaps need to be short and and Uh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. That was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. So, Dean, um, that that slow clap I did for you was uh, in that Thor God of Thunder episode. Yeah. So I had the Star Trek episode in between, but uh, this is must be nice for you. You're jumping from a comic book episode to a comic book episode, it's which is a rare nice. thing for us. Yeah, I feel so like nice. it's me from like five years ago when all I used to do was read comic books. I'm just, I feel like I'm right in that zone again. Yeah, it, it's a good zone to get into. I love it. So coming off of Thor God of Thunder, what I uh, am reminded of right away is how different the art style is in this book than Thor God of Thunder. And it's just, it's way more cartoony. Um, I, I think it's necessary for the amount of violence that goes on in this book mm. that they, they you got to kind of stick with this more cartoony art style just to keep it, to keep it on a certain level to like, while it's ultra serious, I think the cartoony aspect helps us feel a little bit less serious about everything. So definitely. Whereas yeah. if the art style was like hyper-realistic, we might get too into the storylines and, all of the ups and downs. And with the cartoony aspect, I think we're allowed to still feel like we're just enjoying a comic book, um, regardless of what's happening. Right. And I think that's why that Thor comic felt so um, serious, so dark, um, because because of that art style. And we get we I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I had a lot more fun with this, even though it's tackling very, like, very dark subject matter as well. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like Thor God of Thunder is, is much more epic, uh, is the correct word to use, than what Deadly Class is, which I'd, I'd say is fun. I think that's like yeah. a good way to put it. Is it, it is a fun book, even even though the, you know, the stuff going on is not always fun at times. Yeah. So in the comic, it's 1988, and I really like this, that in Volume 3, we pick up right after Volume 2 ends. So we just keep on going. I love when, you know, when things do this. It's just... Don't try to throw a gap in or anywhere. Just like, let's keep going. Let's Everything was going great. Let's just keep going. I love it. So it's a very tense moment because uh, El Alma del Diablo has just found out his son is dead. He came looking for his son and he's reunited with his son's head. Yeah. Decapitated Whoa. head here. And um, basically the whole King's Dominion crew are still alive. So there's that vicious battle with uh, Goatfucker and his crew. Uh, but none. Of, we didn't lose anybody from King's Dominion, which was fairly surprising. Yeah, there was some really close and dangerous moments, but nobody ended up dying. Right. So Saya and Billy escaped on the rooftops. So they're out of the picture now. We've got Lex, who was around the front of the building and kind of like directing the uh, the police and the fire trucks. And he's uh, sent them on their way. 
and he's coming around to the back of the building where Maria and Marcus are, and they've got Chico's head. Right. And Billy's back there as well with uh, El, El Alma, who's got him, you know, on his knees with a gun to his head. Right. And this is kind of our standoff. That's pretty much where it, where it ended. But Lex comes around to the back of the building, sees what's going on, and is immediately killed. Like, instantaneously. Huge and fucking hole in his head. Dude, it was so, like, it's, I don't, I don't want to say cool, but I I'm going to say it. It was so fucking cool. He just walks around, and, like, as soon as these bad guys see somebody, they just shoot. Yeah. And he's got a giant hole in his head, and we see the shooter through his head. Yeah, that's that's the moment where, like, you're behind the body, and you can see through the body and see the shooter on the other side. Like, that is just, it looks really cool. It does look really cool. Yeah. Sorry, and- Lex who is now dead, but seeing, yeah, through, seeing through your head look really cool. No, we're, we're not supporting gunshots to the head. We're <laughs> supporting cool art here. Yeah. As well. I thought the art was awesome. Yes, then the point of view, point of view is cool. Yeah, exactly. And the huge hole in his head was also cool. It was huge. Yeah, it was, it was huge. like, uh, it was huge. It was like a grapefruit size. <laughs> yeah. I like grapefruit. What kind of caliber, caliber bullet is that? Um... I don't really know much about bullets and stuff. I don't know. I don't even know if I used 50? the right term. <laughs> 50. Maybe a 50 yeah. millimeter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. I feel like that may have blown his head right off, but... 50 millimeter? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Oh, what about a, a 20... A 22... No, 22 is small. I don't uh, know, Tim. Let's go with 50. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, how we got here. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bullets sizes. Um, that's one of those dead end bits I started. Oh yeah, remember that's what I we do. I those. start those no, dead no. end bits. I do those too. No, no, we both do. Okay, that. okay. that's not just a you thing. Well, you called me out for that uh, a couple episodes. I also Pretty called nice. myself out before, maybe even before I called you out. Interesting. Maybe I felt like once I called myself out, it was fair to call right. you out. Right, you're the, you're your own hardest critic. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am. It's, yeah. it's good. It's good to be okay. So I, I like I like that um, in the last volume the none of the crew died yeah. in this big battle but just in in, in ten seconds here Lex is uh, is dead yeah so uh, unfortunate for Lex but he, it's okay he's he's disposable we don't really we, need him Tim we didn't like him anyways no he's like a pretentious uh, yeah. kind of prick a little bit of a prick so it's okay now Maria throws a smoke bomb on the scene so that they can escape and this whole issue becomes this amazing chase and fight scene. Yes. And Marcus and Maria are running away, like they're, they're trying to get away, and El Alma and his crew are chasing. And we meet Chico's brother here. And holy shit, dude, if you thought Chico was a badass... He's got a beast, man. He, he ain't got nothing on his bro. No. Um, this fucker, it takes him... I, I like to do this. I counted. It takes him five panels to before he drives over an innocent bystander oh. and kills him. Yeah, it just lets like you know right guy. away. It's like, this is what this guy's about. Yeah, he's going to kill anybody. Anybody. He just he drives over anybody. He doesn't care. Yeah. Um, so super fun issue. Now, Marcus is facing death. Like once he's faced death a few times. Yeah. He's facing death again in this issue. And he goes into one of his classic internal monologues. Yeah. Right. It seems it seems like for Marcus, like he's at like 
the the time he's at his most peaceful is when he's about to die. Interesting. It seems like that's when he can like connect with himself yeah. and really discover what he cares about in life is like right when he's totally. on the edge. There's nothing else to care about. Like he overthinks everything in every moment in this book. So when he's in those near death experiences, there's nothing else to think about, but just, he, he just, he's kind of clear almost like he's just got to do what he needs to do. And he does his best thinking. Yeah, exactly. Now, at this point, though, he's he's too fucked up. He's feeling too fucked up. He's uh, he was like riding on a, a mountain bike with Maria. Yeah. There was an explosion. He goes flying into the air on this bike. Yeah, it looked kind of and fun. Re- it looked fun, and then he wrecked so hard, so hard. dude, yeah. so hard. And uh, he's just he's done. He says he's too fucked up, and he wants to quit. Mm. But Maria won't let him. She no. comes over and like picks him up, carries him away. And at this point he feels awful for the way he treated her Yeah, because he kind of bailed on her earlier. He didn't stand up for her, but now she's standing up for him, even though she knows that he bailed on her before. So now he's feeling terrible for what, for what he did. Yeah. Cause Maria rocks. And we learned yeah. that in this issue, Maria is the best. Oh, we, we knew, we knew and we liked Maria. Yeah. We knew she was a badass. Uh, she takes Maria. it to a whole new yeah. level in this volume. Yeah, it's, it's fucking insane, rock. insane, yeah. insane. She does fucking rock. So Maria and Marcus have made it onto a bus. They pulled a, a cool little um, like switcheroo where they there were a couple buses going different directions, yeah. and they kind of like rubbed their their blood on one bus and then got on one that was going in a different direction, and yeah. nobody really noticed. So they kind of like got away for a few moments yeah. because of that. I really like that. In the, in the world of magic, Tim, we call that a misdirection. Yeah, I think uh, I think just in the world of everything, that's oh. called a misdirection. Oh, okay. So they're on the bus. Marcus is a bloody mess, and Mar- Maria is bandaging him up. And I feel like this is a really important part here for me. Yeah. Marcus tells Maria that his parents were killed in front of him, and the same thing happened to Maria. Yeah. He said uh, her pain and everything she was going through was too close to home for him. He had to get away from it. Yeah. So that's a little bit of... Um, uh, background into why Marcus was having such a hard time supporting Maria in the past. Yeah. And Maria counters with the only way that she's able to get close to someone is if they've gone through the same pain as her. So um, where Marcus wanted to get away because of the pain, Maria wanted to get close because of the pain. So pr- pretty interesting. She says her pain is the only thing that defines her. And she says, um, life drained me so empty that all I wanted was someone who understood the pain. Hmm. Someone who could love me. Yeah. Shit, dude. Shit. This, Shit. You're right, Tim. Like, this is very, uh, a, just a very great part of the book. This is right away. First issue, I'm already really connecting with the story. Um, I've definitely been in that position where, like, just, like, there's some really shitty stuff that happened. And I kind of, like pushed away the friends that knew about the shitty stuff so that I could just like get a whole new group of friends who don't know about it because then I don't have to think about it. You can just, you know, you just hang out with them because they don't even know about it. So I've definitely been there and it just like, yeah, this part really spoke. Yeah, sure. I get that. Yeah. It was good because you do need that bit of a refresher about their relationship and that it was, it was a true relationship um, at a time and then it kind of fell apart for different reasons but this is great insight into what both of them are feeling in that relationship which we hadn't seen before totally yeah that that's very true tim that's because if you just remember you're like oh yeah he like he likes say uh um and maria and maria's just the other girl right so like you forget that it's like oh no wait like they had a good relationship they just both were dealing with it in different ways 
Yeah. And they're they both going through a tremendous they're, amount of stress. For sure. They're both going through that stress and they're both dealing with it differently. Yeah. So Maria and Marcus, they've um, gotten away on this bus, but Chico's brother has caught up. Uh, it only lasted for so long, uh, but they, they get to a bridge and Maria and Marcus have a, a, a few moments to plan kind of their, their final attack here. And it's really fucking intense and super, super gorgeous, dude. The yeah. artwork and these panels, it's like three or four pages. It's just, I mean, it's to die for. It, it looks so amazing. It's the best. The, the, the fire is just the fire amazing. but the, yeah. all, just the all the colors yeah. there's so many the, the use of colors is ridiculous in this book in general but yeah. and, uh, and specifically point of view. at this point yeah definitely yeah. point of view and like uh character stances like body language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh there's so many things going on here that you you look at it you know that the panel's amazing but you might just keep on going and reading um but if you actually go back and analyze why does this panel work so well right, it's for yeah. all these reasons yeah. and these guys clearly spent a ton of time figuring out what they wanted all of this to look like uh tremendous love it so maria's on the bridge like you said she's got her death fan out she's made a wall of fire behind her so there's nowhere to go and chico's brother is heading right for her yeah. on his death motorcycle he's got this thing like decked out it's a killing machine for sure like, yeah you touch any piece of that and you're going to, your hands are going to get chopped off and you're going to get killed somehow. But yeah, Timmy, he's, going, he's right out of Fury Road right here. He totally is. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he might make it all the way. He could. Yeah. All the way down Fury Road. All the way. To, he would. All yeah. the way to the last exit. Yeah. There and back many times over. That's right. Yeah. Until he runs out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> now, the motorcycle is coming right for her. I think she's just going to chop this guy's head off. Yeah, okay, yeah. We've seen it before. Yeah. She chopped off Chico's head with this death fad. Yeah. I figure he's going to come blasting past. She's going to, like, sidestep. Shwoop. Head gone. Uh, that wasn't what happened, though. It was actually a little bit more surprising. It was. Maria jumps out of the way. Marcus comes driving through the wall of fire in the bus. Amazing. And smashes into Chico's brother. Amazing. Caught me completely by surprise. Oh, and they were just dude, on it's... the bus. They they misdirected us, the reader. They did, yeah. So uh, it was excellent. Yeah. Now Chico's brother goes flying off the bike. He goes over the bridge into the water. Yeah. There's uh there was another dude on the bike with him. Maria quickly uh cuts him with the death fan. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. That that fuck. Who was that guy anyways? I don't know. He's riding the back of the bike. He's not even he doing like it. A, he's he riding. He's a stabby fuck. I don't know. He had this knife that he, he was stabbing people with. I think he was the one who shot Lex, though, so. Oh, that's true. I can, I can picture happy. him through that hole in the head, yeah. Yeah, we're happy. He was like a squirrely fella. He was squirrely. Squirrely yeah. looking He had fella. long hair. He looked like he yeah, hadn't showered in a few months. Oh, yeah. definitely. Or, or, or not, eaten in a few months. Yeah, none of these people have showered in a while. No, true. Now, El Alma is quickly on the scene and he grabs Marcus and dude, he violently smashes his face into the concrete. That looked like a fucking hurt man. Oh, dude. it looks like it hurt. It looks so bad. Just imagine your nose getting smashed into concrete. Oh, like it's enough to dude. make like it crack. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not good. Not great. No. Uh, he then grabs Maria and sticks a needle in her neck yeah. and she's, she's out. She's either dead or she's out cold. Yeah. And then he picks up Marcus and drops him off the bridge. Issue one, done. Yeah. What an intro what to an, this volume. What an intro. Action right away. I love it. You pick up this you pick up this volume, you open it up, and it's like non-stop right away. 
It's a whole issue of volume. Yeah. A whole, wait, a whole issue, a whole of, issue volume? of volume? A whole volume of issues? That's not, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> it's a whole issue of action. Of, of action. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, it's just, that's it. It's just yeah. this chase and this fight. And th- the whole volume is kind of like that um, in well, different ways. It's not okay. all yeah. violence, but I did feel like this volume just took off and never stopped. Yes. There, there weren't really any down points where some of the, uh, the previous volumes had some of these slower times. Right. They were like more maybe humorous, um, but this this was a bit different. It yeah. Will, it'll all be explained. But. Yeah. This is another situation in this volume where like I opened it up really late at night, couldn't put it down, like was reading it like one in the morning because I just couldn't put yeah. it down. Yeah, it was super good. So... Marcus is falling off the side of a bridge, but Willie manages to save him. So Willie's found himself a garbage truck. Yeah, this is awesome. It's got, it is awesome. It's got a bunch of garbage bags in the back. And he kind of sees, like he's on the, the level below. He kind of sees Marcus falling and he's like, oh, I got to save him. I got to save him. And then Marcus lands in the back. Yeah. And he, he kind of catches him. So Great catch. And Willie's a great friend. Willie is a great friend. Yeah. yeah. They're all... The King's Dominion crew, they're all really tight. They are. They're tight and they're good friends. Yeah. You're saying that a lot. Because good friends. Marcus, you were going to get into it later. Marcus is not going to yeah. be nice to his good friends. I know. You just did some foreshadowing. It makes... Oh, interesting. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice technique, Dean. I'm good at it. Well played. <laughs> it used to be called spoiling. Now it's called foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. I've downgraded. <laughs> I'm just trying to find a way to integrate it mm. into the episode so I don't have to get upset with you. Oh, that's that's good. That's nice because I could see you were getting a little angry. You were kind of looking at me and you're like, you better shut up soon. Yeah. Where are you going with that? Where yeah. are you going? You better, you better stop out. talking. Stop. Stop. Shut up. Stop now. Stop it. Okay. So Chico's dad has Maria and they're in a car. And he's telling her now uh, how upset he is yeah. with uh, what she's done. And he just basically says that every time that he feels suffering for the loss of Chico, she is now going to feel suffering as well in the form of torture. And I feel like that's going to be a lot of times. Yep. He said, uh, I mean, he alluded to the fact that it was going to take years. Yeah. And it looked like every time he felt uh, that he was suffering, he was going to cut a little piece of her off. Yeah. And then it was going to take a take years for her to have enough yeah. missing before she died. And this is a dude who that is sadistic. Oh, totally. And this dude is still holding the head of his son, like and looking at his in his son's oh, yeah. dead eyes and talking to the head. He only has the, his son's head. Like this is weird. Yeah, he tosses it into the back to her at this point. Yeah, it's like lands in her lap. It's yeah. like not. It's his beach and ball like now. in. I'm very nervous for Maria at this time because I've really started to like her, and I'm just getting really nervous for her. This is a very bad situation. It seems um, like for, it. For uh, your average uh, person yeah, right. or even assassin, right. Maria is more than that. She's much greater than that, She's Dean. the greatest. She, she has other plans. She drops some sort of a smoke bomb in the car and uh, the car wrecks. And Maria goes on to full-on rage mode, um, kind of channeling the murder of her parents here at the hands of these assholes yeah. that are all here right now. It's amazing because she also leads it with saying like, oh, you think you caught me? Nah, yeah. I meant to get yeah. caught. Like, it's like, yeah, a, yeah. A, she's a, like, you think, sorry. I was just going to say it's a, it's like a Dark Knight Joker situation. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you caught me. I'm in jail, but I wanted to be here. 
Exactly. Yeah. She's like, uh, something like you, you think you have plans. This, this was my plan yeah. all along. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. I love when you hear someone say that. I know. When you think they're in the deepest of trouble. And they're oh, you're um, like, oh shit, they got this. She's got this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me of, uh, of Avengers with, um, uh, ScarJo when she's like oh, getting, totally. yeah. she, it looks yeah. like she's being interrogated, but she's actually interrogating the other people. Yeah. It's cool. She's I like, like that stuff. Yeah, you're. But what are you doing? You're blowing me up. I got this guy right where I want him, and she's like tied in a chair. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so Maria kills the two henchmen in glorious fashion, and uh, moves on uh, to El Alma del Diablo. But he runs away. He sees his dudes get killed. He's right. like, "Whoa, holy shit!" Clearly underestimated Maria, so he takes off. Maria is in chase, and. I thought this was interesting, Dean. Yeah. Um, this is a, a very similar vibe at this point to what we got. I believe it was last volume with Victor and Maria. Do you remember that assignment where Victor was hunting Maria with the machine gun? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just played it like super cool and hid in a locker. Oh, totally, And yeah. he was being all loud and brash. Yeah. And she was able to get him because of the way he was behaving, because yeah. of that loud nature. This is the same for me, but it's in reverse. Maria's the one here who's screaming at El Alma, and El Alma is just gone to hide in the shadows, and he's just going to wait for his moment uh, until she kind of walks by and he can kill her. And sure enough, she just walks by, he's in the shadows, he comes out with his gun, and then we cut to Marcus and Willie getting to this scene and kind of catching up to yeah. Maria and El Alma and we see the vicious death scene. Yes. The death oh. of El Alma del Diablo. Blood everywhere. Tim, that's such, Dude. A, such a good pull you just did because like where did she learn this? Where did she learn how to do this? From him. And that's his move, like, right? His move is to hide. He goes and hides right away. So that's where she learned it from. No. No. No? Who Victor? Victor? She was hiding on Victor. Right. And um, he's I guess hiding what on I'm her. Saying. I know, but in 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 that those situations, the outcome is different. So she was hiding on Victor, but she beat Victor. I know. Now he's hiding on her, but he doesn't beat her. No, I know, but uh, I I think okay. that maybe he taught her that move, and he's going to that, and she knows she knows that he's going to be hiding, and so she's ready. Maybe I I kind of took it as like, um, she's so superior that well for sure yeah Even, her own yeah. move her own move that works for her is being used against her, but it doesn't work on her. Maybe right. maybe it doesn't work on her because she knows it, yeah. right? She knows that's the move. And yeah, maybe she's like doing it in reverse. Um, Either way, it's know. a good parallel. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's an interesting parallel because uh, it it's this exact same type of scenario here where like one person's hunting the other person yeah. and the person being loud is going to lose because they're being loud, right? And the person yeah. who is quiet and hiding is able to, you know, get the upper hand, so. And they do such a good cutaway where you're not really sure what happened, right? And you right. think, if you can remember back to that moment, you think that she's she's doomed. Well, he comes out of the shadows and puts a gun to her head. Yeah, and so. then you hear a bang. Right, yeah. Shit. So, you said it, there's blood everywhere, dude. She stabbed him all the way through with both of her death fans. Yeah. So those are sticking out the other side. Those fans, He's, man. She's killed so many fans. people with those fans. I know. Usually they're opened. These ones were closed. Yeah. She just used them as like blunt stabbing yeah. objects. Choice of weapon, and I'll take a fan. Yeah, two of them, please. Two fans. He's missing a hand. He's missing a foot. Oh. And it looks like his neck has been broken. Oh, Tim, I did not look at it that closely. 
Oh, I had to. Was, oh, I have it open now. Oh man, it's intense, foot the dude. Oh, it's man. intense. It's, yeah, I kind of went quickly through it. It was too bloody. Oh, I needed to know where all the blood was coming from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. So Marcus, Maria, and Willie sneak back into King's Dominion, and their concern now shifts to the death of Lex. Mm, right. Because they have to explain this, right? Uh, totally. Yeah, they were not supposed to be out. No. Now Maria has a plan. And she goes to see Master Lin. Yeah. Master Lin gives her a cup of tea and she starts to tell him that she's worried about Lex. Now she says uh, Lex has become obsessed with Goatfucker and wants to kill him because he wants to try to make a name for himself. Right. Maria says that she saw him leave earlier with explosives and weapons. And then Maria starts to trip out. Yeah. And Master Lin apparently knows what's going on and has poisoned her tea. Master Lin tells her she didn't cover her tracks and earned a failing mark. Yikes. Holy shit. And then Maria, well, she falls to the floor. Yeah. Again, she's clearly like out cold or dead. We don't know which one. Yeah. And Chico's brother and mother come into Master Lin's office there. Shit. So this was like a holy, this was a holy shit moment. Totally. Here. Yeah. I was like, wow, this, uh, this is not what I was expecting. No, there's connections there. I was upset. I was upset that that happened. Um, I was definitely on the kid's side and wanted them to be able to cover it up. I like that when they go back to school and you're like, oh yeah, they got to cover up the death of a kid because like, you're just reading the comic and you're like, oh shit, one of them died. But it's like, oh yeah, they still go to school and they, they can't just have kids dying. Like they got to be able to explain that. Um, yeah but fuck oh fuck you fail in this at this school um no no good it's, it's harsh yeah it's, it's harsh. harsh failing grade is death you don't just go to summer school dean no oh it's worse than that it's worse than that you you drink poison tea now chico's brother when marcus hit him with the bus yeah. you see chico's brother go flying off into the uh whatever the the river i guess it's a, there's a body of water underneath yeah um, I, it, they, they kind of do it subtly, but I paid attention and I saw it and I was like, well, I just feel like he's not dead. You oh know? yeah. Okay, uh, okay. they clearly, they could have killed him. Everybody else gets like their heads chopped yeah. off or something like this. So the fact that he got sent into the water, right. I thought we might see him again. Okay. I didn't want to, yeah. but, um, also Tim, he wears knee pads. So he was very safe on that fall. Yeah. He's probably used to falling off his bike. Yeah. So it's a, a little bit of like a flash forward here i don't want to say it's a flash forward but we jump two months into the future okay is what happens yeah and as far as everyone is concerned maria just vanished like there's no there's no explanation for what happened to her she just disappeared so yeah that's really as, it's really shitty for marcus because like they obviously had, yeah, yeah they had totally. just connected um yeah yeah so he's he's feeling this uh personally definitely he takes it he takes it very personally yeah. And, uh, like, you can't blame the guy. Like, like you just For said, sure. like, they had such a tight relationship. She just disappears. Like, doesn't say goodbye or anything like that. I guess yeah. there was, like, some kind of weird letter that she left that right. he doesn't, like, he's like, this letter doesn't make any sense yeah. um, because she didn't write it. Yeah. And he's like, I don't understand what any of this means. I don't know what's going on with her, why she left. And he had, yada, he had yada. just opened up to her, too. And so, like, yeah. for her to just to, like, disappear right after that, he's just so hurt right now. Right. So it's, again, it's in these moments of, like, ultra hurt yeah yeah um where he kind of like hits us with his uh his inner thinkings yeah and they they always just fucking rock and, they, and this yeah. is another one they crush me he said yeah he says during change life is uncomfortable but only to the degree that you hold on to the past 
like the phantom limb that still itches after it's been severed. Ugh. Tim. I, I love the Yeah, yeah. It kills me. It crushes me. They all crush me. I, I love them. They're so good. It's, it's Remender. That's why he's our best friend, right? That's why he, yeah, that's why he's our best friend. It, it just connects. It, it's such a, yeah, it, it just, he knows me. He gets me. Like, is this my journal? What are we reading right now? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out of here. Yeah. We, we've, I, I, we've, we've mentioned on the show that I had some dark days where I wasn't Dean anymore. And it's like, right. that's where I feel like this book falls. And I'm just like, I'm just like, there's so many situations. I mean, they're not identical because I didn't go to an assassin school, but there's so many situations that I'm just like, oh my goodness, I hate Marcus right now. And he's me. <laughs> like it's both. It's like, oh my goodness, how could you be doing this? And also I did it. Right. Well, that's, that's what we love about Remender is that he's able to pull these moments out of life yep. and we have them. We all have them in our life. And I don't realize that the moment I'm having is not unique to myself. Right. These are moments everybody has, but they feel so specific to me. And there's certain moments you just don't really talk about with people. But what Remender is doing here is he's pulling these moments out that we've all had, but possibly haven't talked to anybody about. But he puts them in this story and then you realize, oh, someone else has felt the exact same way. I have about these situations yeah. and Remender pulls it out time and time again in every volume we do. There's, you know, a couple, you know, a couple to a handful of these, uh, these quotes and instances where you're like, dude, this just connects with me so hard yeah. because I went through that and I felt the exact same way, but often I can't even put it into words, uh, let alone make it so eloquent, uh, as, as Remender does. It's just, yeah. it's, it's amazing. That's why this guy this is why he connects so hard for me. Yeah. Like we've said it before. It feels like he's writing to us. Um, it's all these moments that I connect with. It's just beautiful. It's like, he's the, he's the goat. He's the number one. Yeah. And I, I, for sure. And I find that like with the, with the characters in the story, um, you're able to see what you want to happen to them. You're able to see like, Oh no, Marcus, I want you to be able to do this because this will make it better. Um, even though you can also like say, Oh, well, but in my life, like, you can maybe relate it to yourself and be like, okay, if I know what to do with Marcus, then maybe I can relate that to me. Cause I feel like it's easier to read and read a character and know what to do with them instead of like turning it on yourself. And so I feel like this book helps me with that. It helps me to be um, like, know how I want to direct my life because I know how I want it to go for him. Mm. Yeah. Well, his life is very different than ours. Well, his life is very different, but I feel like his emotions are very similar. That's true. Yeah, so when I somewhere. read his words, I'm like, I know this. I've thought this. And so mm. that's where I can connect on that level. And in a way, I mean, if you take you take the assassin stuff aside. Yeah. And what you've got here is a group of teenagers going to high school. Totally. Right. Yeah. And it's like, these are all the moments we connect with because we all went through this. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, other than the assassin part of this, it is very easy to feel connected to these characters yeah. and feel their joys and pains for living the life of like 14 and 15 year olds. Yeah. Right. So uh, I love the addition of the assassin because that's what makes this a great comic book. For sure. Right. It, it makes it this fantasy, um, this super fun action fantasy. But, you know, the heart of it is just it's high school kids. Yeah. Right? 
it almost kind of pulls it all the way back to what made Marvel a huge success right at the beginning was that they made their heroes relatable characters. They made their hero Spider-Man who's going to college. So then everyone reading is like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. I go to college. Like, I know about this. Um, right. And, and yeah, so you can you can make this big thing like they're assassins in a school. So that's exciting. But then also the characters are very relatable to you. Yeah. So Marcus is writing all of this down in his notebook. Like these are, this is, uh, we're reading like his, his writing here yeah. and he's with Billy. They're out for a night on the town. Uh, they've gone to Berkeley and they stole a car and their plan is to go and watch Petra's band play. And we know Petra from uh, earlier. We right. only, only briefly met her, but we know her. Yeah. And her band is called Disastrous Thought Play Gilman. <laughs> Miss, Miss, Mr. 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 Gilman? Gilman? Mr. Gilman? Mr. Gilman? Does he play the drums? We know. We know a Mr. Gilman. I know a Mr. Gilman. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. I kind of like that band name. Yeah, for sure. It's great. So, Dean, I'm finding it pretty obvious that Marcus is in love with the idea of being in love. Oh, for sure. Right. It's He's he's decided um, now that Maria's gone out of the picture, you know, we got to get someone else in there. So he decides he wants to tell Saya that it was her all along. Hmm. Right. He, he yeah. made a mistake going back to Maria. Yeah. So he meets up with Saya. Unfortunately, Saya tells Marcus that earlier that day, his best friend, Willie confessed this, the same thing right. to her. Yeah. And he, he had confessed. Just, he had just got off the phone with Willie too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. He, Willie confesses his love for Saya. Yeah. And she doesn't want to get in between two friends. And says she won't date either of them. Good move. Now, this was another thing that I had um, mentioned previously, but I really, really love what they're doing with a lot of these pages and the way they're laying out these panels. There's a lot of um, like 80% of the page being used like from left to right for for panels. And then the remaining 20% on the right hand side is just available for like a single picture. Yeah. Right. And and in in the case where I'm noticing it right here, it's that on the left there's a bunch of dialogue boxes. On the right, it's Marcus at the top of a winding staircase that goes all the way down the page, yeah. and it looks so cool. Very cool. Yeah. Love it. Uh, it's just great, like use of space on a page. Totally. You know, like a, a great way just to break to break stuff out instead yeah. of your normal kind of the normal stuff you're used to. Yeah, I it, appreciate it, it. it. Totally. I definitely appreciate the. Um, Using the layout to your advantage, making the book look as best as it can with experimenting with the layouts like that. Yeah. And I mean, if you think page layout is easy, just go try it. Like try to try to lay out a page. Just yeah. lay one page out. That's think what... up think up think up something in your head to be like, okay, yeah. this is gonna be the scene of a page. Now try to lay it out and make it look cool. It is not easy. That's what stopped me in making a comic book. One of, one of the things, right? Well, yeah, I had my script and I was That's like, well, an, I can't I can't draw, but I felt like I could lay out the page for someone to be able to draw. And as uh, soon as yeah. I, so I had what I wanted, I started like started to lay out my pages. I stopped at page one. I had no idea how to make it look cool or make it look good. Yeah. It's the um, it's the stuff that kind of gets looked over, but um, especially in like comic books and graphic novels, it's equally as important as anything else in the book is uh you know layout yeah i i figured this out like actually not too long ago um which i I, it's been i guess it's been around forever but i didn't know sometimes there's a a person um 
credited for layouts, for just layouts. Yeah. It'll be on the yeah. comic book cover. They they list who does the layouts and then like I guess someone else does the art. Like it's mm-hmm. it it's that tough of a thing that there could be somebody who that's their only job is just to lay out the comic. It's true. So hearing that say I won't date Marcus, he's obviously crushed once again. And he wonders here if he was even actually ever in love with Saya or Maria. Of course he wonders. He, it. Yeah. Was it ever love? He says, maybe when you're 15, every girl you're into feels like love. Hey man, when Dude. you're 25 too. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is me again. It's me. This is me, Tim. This is it's us. Remender, it's Remender writing to guys Ugh. in general, or I don't know if it, I can't speak for girls because I'm not one, but yeah. I know for myself, Dude, every girl yeah, I had yeah. a crush on in high school, even junior high, even elementary school, it felt like love. It yeah. was like the the one true love of my life. Totally. That girl. Totally. Every time. Yeah. And it's like, it's so almost like sometimes when you look back on it, it's almost like embarrassing. I mean, because like you're talking about high school, but um, this was me in the dark days as well. Um, so I look back on that and I'm just like, Oh, it's so embarrassing. Like every single person you go on like a date with, you're just like, I love this person. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, just relax. So relax, it's, Marcus. It's... Relax, Dean. Relax, Tim. Rem- Remender is letting us know it's normal, right? Yeah. Well, that's I, the thing. I... When you read it in this book, he, like, because he doesn't, he doesn't uh, shine like a, a light on any of it. You know, he's not pushing anything in any direction. These are people and they're having emotions and the emotions are real. And it's like, this is how people feel. And that's why I appreciate reading it. Exactly. So Marcus and Willie have a confrontation now. Marcus is angry for everything, basically everything that's going on, right? Like he's in a real bad situation here. And it boils over and he punches Billy. And uh, Marcus has blamed Billy for Lex's death, which doesn't really, you know, doesn't fit. But he says a whole bunch of other shit too, a whole bunch of other bad shit. Yeah. And while this is all going on and Marcus is kind of like unloading the story, uh, we see Victor is hiding around the corner and hears all of it. Oh, so that's, right, right, right. That, okay. That's not that's not great information for Victor to have. Yeah, I will say I kind of missed that. Oh, did and you? And so then I was kind of confused later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, that, yeah. That, that totally, probably fills yeah. a lot in for you. It's one panel. He's looking. Yeah, he's listening. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. He hears it. Yeah. Cool. So um, in this volume here, Marcus is quickly degraded into a complete mess. Oh, yeah. And... If there's one thing that we know is that you can't be a complete mess at King's Dominion. It's like just not. not, It's not accepted. No. Right. No. Now, it's at this point, there's this single page that, I don't know, I was kind of struggling whether or not to even talk about it, but I think we have to. Okay. Because it's just like, like, it doesn't really fit with the rest of the book, but in a way it does. And like, in a way it just, it gives us this. Uh, some background for Marcus that I think we need. I think we've, I think it's in here because we forget at this moment at how, like how far Marcus has fallen. Okay. Uh, we're starting to fall out of love with Marcus. Totally. Because we're losing him here. He's losing himself. Yeah. We're losing him. Yeah. And we get this page and my goodness. So it's Marcus dreaming. He's asleep and he's dreaming. Mm-hmm. And the text is the same dream every night. The old house. My dad had a framed picture of a surfer on a giant wave in his den. And then we see young Marcus. He's maybe five and he's looking up at this picture of his dad surfing. Right. And it says, the wave always looked so huge. My papa told me that was life. That giant thing trying to get you, 
that you had to find pleasure in riding. Mm. So then we see Marcus's dad on the surfboard. And the text is, my papa used to surf, used to drive me on the back of his dirt bike to the beach. I would sit and watch him. And then it's a pulled back shot so we can see five-year-old Marcus watching his dad in the distance. He says, I think a lot about that painting in our old house. I think a lot about that wave. And then we see Marcus, we see his face, five-year-old sitting there, biggest grin on his face, missing a tooth, so happy. He says, I've never found a way to enjoy riding it like he did. So I feel like for me, this brings me back into the character of Marcus and like uh, how innocent he is yeah, and like how so much of, of his life has been formed by tragedy and terrible things that have happened to him. And he's, he's living like kind of what he's known. Right. Yeah. So you, you, but it's this, this five-year-old, right. Who was so young and just loved his dad and, you know, loved what his dad was doing and never got a chance to experience any of the, any of this because his parents died at such a young age in like a traumatic fashion. So I, I need this at this point yeah. in this book to, to bring me back um, to not want to give up on Marcus, right? He is still, I'm reminded here, they're just, they're young kids still, right? Like they're going through such crazy shit yeah. at such a young age that it, it pulls me back. It, uh, I feel like he's not a goner yet, right? Yeah. And it's, it's nice to show you a little something about his father um, because a lot of the kids at this school, like their parents are, um, you know, dangerous people. So they, they kind of know about that life, but he lost his parents so young and then has just, yeah, has, when we met him, he was homeless. Like when we opened up the first volume, he was a homeless kid. His, he's had such a hard life and now he's just trying to fit into a school where there's all the same stuff that goes on with all the schools we've been to you you know all the clicks and all the drama and he's trying to fit into a school it's like this shit has happened to him and it's a great reminder in this moment where you're right where he's kind of slipping away from us and it's gonna get worse and it's like Kate but you need to hold on to this guy because this guy's just going through a tough time we go through tough times and he like be on his side help him get out of it yeah, we need the innocence there from we him. We need it for sure. I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that page out. So with Saya out of the picture, Marcus needs to move on to a new girl. Of course. That's what so you do, moves, right? Who's the next one? A, What's the next girl I'm in love that's with? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that stop last attacking girl wasn't me, love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this new girl's love. This is true love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's Petra. Now they're talking. Um they're at a party and they're talking, and she rocks this fucking great line, dude. Mm. Um, I guess he's like, he's feeling like he's looking for a new place to fit in, like new people and like the, yeah. that his old crew isn't kind of working anymore. Yeah. She says, people in places we don't belong will eject us. It's not a bad thing. Makes us go out and find new people in places that fit us better. Cool. What a great line. Great line. Like she's, she's picking him up, right? She's yeah. trying to pick him up and that'll, that'll do it. So <laughs> Totally. Yeah. He's, he's in love. Uh, yeah he's totally she's the one for him so she invites him to uh, a party another party and uh he brings shabnam this time yeah he does well sort of is a nice idea at at the start it was a nice idea nice idea at the start it was nice until um he uh asks uh uh, shabby to drink the bong water because that will impress the ladies that's not don't do it shabby he does it and he just starts puking everywhere and everyone's (sighs) laughing at him yeah great job at the party, Petra lets Marcus know 
what she thinks about the stuff that's been going on. So she says she thinks somebody killed Maria and that she didn't just leave. Right. She says, that's how it goes here when someone is falling apart. Yeah. Clearly a great line because nobody is falling apart harder than Marcus right now, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, after uh, after all that's happened, though, we really quickly see Willie and Saya are now together. Yeah. That's a... Uh, that's, That's a, a kick in the well, kick in the pants. Yeah, that is a kick in the pants. That is a gut punch, and especially with what Petra just said, um, because now Marcus is going to think well, there's a plan against me here. Hmm. Yeah, I love that you said that, Dean, yeah. because um, Marcus has a theory here at yeah. this point, and I, I really like it. His theory is that Saya has been playing a game this whole time. Yeah. And this is a this is a good tool actually um, for for the book I think because we get a bit of a recap from Marcus here um, yeah. on previous events. So if you've forgotten some events that have happened, we get this bit of a recap. But he says Saya was the one who convinced Marcus to join the school, and she said that he was her responsibility. But then she gives him drugs, and seduces him, and then plays Marcus against his best friend Willie. Then all of a sudden, Saya and Willie are in love. Yeah. So it is a pretty compelling argument. Well, I that mean, like, yeah, he so makes, a lot of dominoes have fallen. Yeah. Now it's he makes good points. Like, also, I, I when he's explaining this at this moment, I'm like, yeah, like, why is he even at this fucking school? Like, why is he even here? Like, she went out and got him. She brought him here. Why should he even fit in here? Like, there's all he's not in the same league as like all these other kids that are here. So it's just there are questions forming in my mind. And so he's also kind of laying out what those answers could be. Mm -hmm. Now, Marcus asks Billy here, if he ever noticed that the freshman class has 30 students, Mm. but the sophomores have 20 and the juniors have 10. That makes me excited. Ah. Just hearing that line, I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. That's an interesting line. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, that is a likable line. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen the headmaster kill somebody, so mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't seen Victor in a while, other than that one frame that we saw previously, right? He just, yeah. we yeah, haven't. That I missed. That you missed. <laughs> you saw, I didn't see. He's a hard guy to miss, Dean. He's a huge guy. I know, Russian he's guy. huge. He's huge. He's gigantic. But, uh, I mean, uh, in the previous volumes, he was in it a lot. And this volume, yeah. he's not been in it. So, uh, it's nice to uh, nice to get back to Victor. I like Victor. Uh, totally, yeah. He basically tells Marcus he doesn't like Marcus, and he knows what Marcus and the crew did. And he offers Marcus a simple choice. He says, go to Master Lin and turn yourself in, or go to Master Lin and turn your friends in. He says... Okay, Victor. Yeah, thanks, Vic. He says, if he does neither, Victor will turn them all in. So Victor is being fair. He's he's screwing with them, but he's saying, like, look, you, you turn... Do it. Do one or the other. Do something. Or I'm doing I'm both. screw with you. Do something. Now, poor Marcus. Victor. Poor Marcus. He's uh, this is in all sorts of shit here. Now, yeah. he goes to uh, another party later with Petra, and she gives him more drugs, and he trips out yet again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get another, like, great drug trip art um, couple dude, pages there. Dude, this creative team on the book, they have this, like, really unique ability to just be able to get drug trips across I know in like in a way that makes sense, yeah. um, like both in the words and the images. 
Right. So right, right. the yeah, words, yeah. the words that they're saying make sense to someone who um, may have tripped out on drugs before. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surely I'm not one who fell into this category. I speak mm-hmm. for I'm speaking for other people out there who may have had um, a, a accidental drunk trip or, or um, somebody something slipped into their uh, mouth or something like that. Some yes. accidentally chewed something by accident at a party. Someone at a party, put something in their mouth. Yes, yes. yes. So for those people, uh, yes. I'm sure that they understand how the writing really fits and how the art really fits. I yes, I all, interviewed a couple, a couple of them before this podcast, <laughs> so I could know. It's a very rare thing that I haven't really seen before. I haven't seen yeah. like a team of writers and artists collaborate in a way that it all makes sense. It's just, I thought it was yeah. really cool. And I think they realized it as well for how many drug trips are happening totally. in these yeah. books. Like they know that they know how to do it and do it well. And they just, they keep splattering it in here. So. Right. They're like, we're nailing this thing. Yeah. They, I think he eats yeah. a bag of mushrooms in, uh, for this trip. He's done acid. this one. Yeah. He's been the acid king before this one. He's the mushroom king. Right. He's the acid king. You know, he's not the acid king. Well, he's not, but he is. He, he's kind not, of is. but yeah. He's kind of the mushroom king, though. Yeah, he's the... He's the, he's the Zoomer king. He's the drug king. Whatever, yeah, he's the, he is the drug king. Whatever this drug. kid's 15 years old. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. Um... Fuck. Anyways, he uh, he proceeds to have uh, have the sex and uh, make the love to Petra. <laughs> he does do that. Another notch in his belt. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Another notch in that 15-year-old's belt. Yeah. Now, Ugh. this is interesting because we see for the first time in maybe five issues or more that we're back at King's Dominion and that like these kids have to go to class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've completely forgotten in this volume, because of all the other shit going on, yeah. that these guys still have to attend school and, like, they <laughs> they go still, to class. They still go to class, they get, get good lectures, grades they have assignments, stuff. yeah, it's they crazy. get grades. But we, yeah. haven't, we haven't seen any of it. But no. I love it because these are the out-of-school moments yeah, yeah. that are, like, so important, right? Because, I mean, if I think back to my high school experience, I'm thinking a lot about people and um relationships and things right. that happened not in class but like you don't out, remember out of a class. lot of the class stuff yeah right so I, I love that they're not giving us a whole lot of the in-class stuff at king's dominion yeah. like the other yeah. it's this other stuff that's important the only stuff you remember in class is when you pass that girl you love that note that said do you like me and she wrote yes that's the only things you remember i don't remember getting one of those oh shit they never pass them back yeah <laughs> come back <laughs> <laughs> they disappear into the ether <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of notes do you like me tim at the end no of the <laughs> at the end of the year there's just a big pile of notes in the corner of the class and i didn't know what those were i never looked but do you like me check yes or no you'd put a yes or no box do you like me no they i just never had a pen they never had a pen man knowing me dude it would have been like do you like me with two like yes boxes to check <laughs> like no no and then they what draw in the no Tim. they draw it in no and check <laughs> and check it what a move how could you do that with a yes yes that's just charming Tim. That's isn't great. it isn't it's it charming yeah i know amazing I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the drawn in no is just an extra gut punch there oh totally because if it's coming oh, back man. if it's coming back you know they had to check one of those boxes right and right, i'm thinking yeah. This is super clever. They probably checked got it. both boxes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely a yes. But yes and yes. Mm, not quite. <sighs> no. Not quite. Pretty close, though. Pretty Came pretty close. Pretty close to a yes? Pretty close to one. getting a check box. But... <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh man, that's I I had Tim. I had the same the same luck as you. Yeah. Not a lot of yeses. <laughs> oh well. Let's move on. Enough okay. of enough of, <laughs> enough of our enough on. of our trauma. Let's get back to Marcus's yeah. trauma. Oh jeez. So he's it's uh, the same. <laughs> Yeah, I know. He's got an interesting love triangle that's like spiraled completely out of control because he's made the love with Seiya, Maria, Petra, and now Drogda, who's also known as the troll. That's rude. Ew. That's rude, Marcus. Ew. He made the love with the troll. Yeah, and Shabnam likes her. Well, yeah, Shabnam does. He says that ever since he saw Drogda the first time, he'd been in love with her. And he's very much not impressed with what Marcus did. No. Now, we're going to get back to the Victor situation here because Victor has given Marcus those two options and Marcus is going through them in his head. And he says, you know what? Fuck option one and two. I'm taking option three, which is to kill Victor. I love it. That's a, I love it too. That's great. Cool. You don't like the way Victor is pushing you? Fuck it. Kill him. Yeah, right? and I like I like it at this point because right at this moment he's making like a list of how to fix his life. Mm. Um, and this is another moment where I connect to it. I definitely made a list of like, okay, here's all the shitty things I don't like. How do I fix them? And then you have you have solutions. And so when I read this, I was like, oh my goodness! Like he listed all the shit that he doesn't like about what's going on in his life, and he has solutions for all of them. And the way to fix the Victor solution is shoot him, kill him. Exactly. So. Marcus tries to kill Victor, but we all know Victor is a, a very formidable dude. And yeah. uh, it unfortunately quickly goes terribly wrong. So, yes, I like ahead. I like that there's so much quick action hmm. as this is happening, as it's going terribly wrong, because we started out the book with so much fast action, like almost two issues in a row of just action. And then we totally slowed down right. like with. Not with um, sort of like what was going on with uh, Marcus, like his stuff was still piling on and piling on, but there was no more action. It was just like being in school, dealing with the, the aftermath of what happened. So I like that in this last issue, we get, you know, back into it. Definitely. So they show it to us very fast. Marcus is outside. He's trying to shoot Victor while Victor's running. And he misses that chance because Master Lin calls all the students to the auditorium in 20 minutes. So Victor first needs to go take a shower because he was just exercising. So Marcus follows him into the shower and only manages to shoot Victor's ear off. We're back in the shower, Tim. I know. I I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. He he slips on a bar of soap a couple times, which kind of causes all the issues. (laughs) Totally. He's so bad at it. Yeah. So Victor's Victor is able to escape. But in the chaos, Marcus accidentally shoots Master Zane in the head. Oh, yeah. And that dude's dead. Like, shit, dude. dude. He's dead. Like, if you shot one of He killed a teacher. He killed a teacher. (laughs) He killed the the teacher who teaches you how to fight. That's got to be an F. Like, he's got to fail that class. If you kill the teacher, you fail the class. I mean, if he wasn't in trouble already, he's now killed one of the instructors. So, yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was so shocking. So, Victor. Sorry. Marcus is chasing Victor through the halls here, still trying to shoot him. Victor runs into the auditorium with Marcus and Chase, and Master Lin welcomes them. He's like, yeah. thanks, Victor and Marcus, for joining us. Yeah. So this it's a very weird vibe right away. I'm like, it's a weird what vibe, is yeah. going on here? Pe- people should be screaming and like, you know, there should be a huge uh, commotion. Uh, that's not the case, though. Master Lin addresses the group. All the students are there. He explains why some of the failing students are still around. 
and why some are still there even though no one is paying their tuition anymore and why some remain after so many infractions mm-hmm. rats he says rats who killed chico rats who killed lex rats who killed maria shit now dean this goes back to last volume i think i think it's volume one it might have even been volume one yeah, yeah where um someone handed marcus a, a box with a yeah the bones of a rat in it yeah so you were confused as to what that was i was and, um i had re- i had remembered because i had read it all kind of tightly in a row that um that means that you're a rat and that yeah. all the rats well what happens to the rats here is master lynn says as soon as the lights in the room go out mm-hmm. they have one week for the final exam which is to kill all the rats wild wild fucking that's cool wild. and that's wild. wild now he says if a rat survives the rat will be welcomed back into the school interesting <laughs> i love it yeah i love it and we get one final page it's mostly black with yeah. some strokes of red and the words kill the rats. Oh, wow. And that's it for the volume. What a, what an exciting ending for the volume, right? What a good oh, cliffhanger. Oh, that's such a killer cliffhanger. Yeah. Like we You're been... trying to think, yeah, you're trying to think how Master Lin like fits into all this, right? He's been kind of mysterious. And so I like that we get a little bit more from him at the end and his plan of what was kind of going on, why he's letting Marcus get away with all this shit. Like he's got to know this stuff's going on um, because they killed like they killed Maria, but like why why didn't they kill Marcus? He was right with her. Right. So I like that there's like a plan behind it all and that there's this final exam with the rats. Like it just makes me so excited for volume four. Definitely. It makes so much sense too, right? Yeah. I I don't know what else to say. I'm just, I'm so excited at this moment. And I mean, when I read it, I had volume four like ready to go. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I I just got right into that. Like I got right into that volume. It's just, it's, it's so, so excellent. Uh, Just a great way to turn the story. And I think we really needed something like that, right? Like this whole volume was mostly outside of King's Dominion. So I think right at the end here where they just kind of twist it and it feels like we're going to get back into King's Dominion and um, that whole vibe in the next volume, I'm really interested in that. So, yeah. That's a good point because like the first uh, volume is very much like introducing you to it. And then the second one was really focused on uh, like finding Goatfucker and like getting rid of him. And then the third volume is just kind of about how that affected, like how this, all this stuff's affected Marcus, you know, and like the emotional journey he's going through um, with those like action scenes uh, throughout the volume. But like, it really gets you, like you said, gets you back into the school, back excited to get into the school and really learn what it's all about. Because mm-hmm. we've kind of we've kind of left it like we, yeah. we had like you said, we had one class, I think this whole volume. So we've kind of left that cool idea behind and we're going to get back to it now. Yeah. And we don't really know what this school's about, right? Like we know a school of assassins can't just be a school of assassins, right? You can't yeah. just like graduate and become an assassin. There's got to be some other stuff going on. So yeah. we're going to dig into that. And I'm excited. Yes. Me too, Tim. Overall, as a volume, I thought this was really, really excellent. You already said it was your favorite. I yeah. I liked that they focused on um, the downfall of Marcus based on his decisions yeah. and like the choices he was making. Now, 
while like the whole drug aspect in the first couple of volumes, it was it was really fun. It was really enjoyable to watch. But we get to see what happens when like that spirals out of control here. And he kind of like yeah. he hits he hits the bottom here. It's like things for sure. Everything falls apart in his life. Um, now, obviously, there's more than just the drugs. Like there's all sorts of other uh, factors, outside factors coming in and putting pressure on him. But I, I just liked how. Um, kind of how that paralleled from the earlier volumes to this one, where it was no longer like this super fun thing that we were reading about. It was almost kind of like uh, dirty and we were feeling bad for him when he's doing it because like his life is so kind of out of touch at at this point. So um, I I like that we're kind of at this point where he's, he's lost control of everything at the, the, this, this one point where he probably needs to be in control more than ever. Yeah. And I, I like that we, we kind of travel with him down this path of being like he he gets into a spot that like you said it's like rock bottom we don't we don't really like him very much in uh, by the end of this book but what i really like is when he decides to turn it around he does that himself like he's been leaning on so many people and just like he's wait, waiting for that girl like the next girl he sees is the girl he loves because he thinks that's what's going to fix his life and the next thing he does he thinks that's going to fix his life but he just has to do it himself like he figures it out himself of what to do to make himself like get past those things and get to the spot where he wants to be in. So I really like that it has to break all the way down to that where he knows like, okay, I got to do it for me. I got to do my, my, my own, make my own decisions. Yeah. Did you just spoiler a future episode? Like how, did you what did I say? The next volume? Just that he's got to, so. he's got to come out of this. I, he's got to no, re- that... rely on himself to, to I'm, to I'm just saying, no, Tim, I'm not spoiling anything. I, I haven't even read the next volume. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Sounded like, saying, sounded like you're getting into the next no, volume there a little no, bit. No, Tim. No, no, no. You, have, you haven't even making, read it. You haven't read it. I haven't even read it. I haven't even read it. Okay. When he's making that list, that's him saying, gotcha. okay, I can change it for me. Like I can make the, I, I don't need like the next girl I see to be fall in love and that's going to fix my life. No, I got to make the decisions. I got to fix my life. I got you. I hear you. I hear where you're going. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else with this one? Uh, also, that's just foreshadowing, not spoiling. I know. I know it was just okay, foreshadowing. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. No, nothing else. Uh, t- uh, yeah, great volume. I love um, I love and hate Marcus in the volume. And that's yes. just, yes. that's what I love about it. Um, I mostly I hate need, him. I mostly hate him. I, most, I mostly hate him. And, and it's more like me screaming at him and just being like, do the right, like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And uh I like it. I like that in your main character. I like the vulnerability in the main character. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And Maria fucking rocks. Well, Maria. And I'm sad she's gone. Fucking she's love the Maria. best. The best. Yeah. Okay. One more thing to do. So, Dean, mm-hmm. what if this theory Marcus has about Saya is actually true? It seems like paranoia, but like, do you think it's possible that Saya could be involved in a larger plan or scheme that's in the works? So, I don't really, I don't really remember much that does come up. Like, I read this book when it was coming out monthly, and it's been a couple years now since we've been to this volume. Um, so I actually don't really remember. I remember a couple issues that come later, like a couple issues that come in volume four, I think, but I don't remember much else. And when he brought that up, 
um, I was kind of on board with it. I did think that, okay, what do I know about Saya? I don't really know a lot about Saya. It's kind of weird that she brought him. It's kind of weird, kind of all the things he laid out. Like, she said she didn't want to get in between them, and then she went and dated Willie. And, like, it could be because she saw him spiral out of control, and she's like, well, whatever, he's gone. Like, he's long gone by now. Um, but it actually didn't seem like, it seemed like too quick for that. Like, it seemed like she said, I don't want to get in between you two. And then was all of a sudden dating him. So it does seem weird to me. I mean, in the interactions between Marcus and Saya, I don't feel it. I feel like I believe her in those interactions. Um, but he gets me thinking. He gets me thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I concur. Um, I think in the previous volumes, while we're learning about Saya, I mean, we love Saya. Saya rocks. We uh, do, she, for sure. she didn't do a lot in this one other than like, start dating Marcus's best friend. So, you yeah. know, she kind of looks a little bit bad, but at the same time, like Marcus is the one who's causing most of these things to happen. Right. Um, yeah. he, he's the influence that's caught that he's, you know, causing these people he's close to, to get pushed away. I don't think that like say would do anything like that, but yeah. Marcus's paranoia kind of opens up that interesting question. Like, is, yeah. is that something that's happening? I feel like it's just his paranoia, but at the same time, like maybe he's tapped into something with his paranoia. Maybe there is something yeah. going on. And um, I'm, I'm curious to see what, cause she always, she's always been a bit of a strange figure at that school, right? She's like, yeah. she almost seems like, um, I don't know, like maybe she seems very popular or I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe um, uh, experienced, for King's yeah. Dominion, like she seems like she's almost maybe just feels she feels like a little bit out of place, like almost right. almost too good to be there in a way. Um, to, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And we don't have a lot of information about her. So I, I will say that like in this volume, like like Marcus is a piece of shit and he's just looking for someone to blame. So that's why he's looking at Saya to blame. So I'm, I'm not actually like uh, I'm not, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of that. I'm not jumping on like Marcus looking for someone to blame. I just think in his paranoia, like you said, it actually does introduce an interesting question because I don't feel like I know a lot about her. And I know what you, I know what you're saying. Like she feels everyone else is kind of trying to figure their themselves out. And she seems put together. She seems experienced. She seems like she seems like she's like a teacher there or something, right? She doesn't seem right. like a kid trying to figure it out like everyone else does. So I, I can see that maybe there's something else going on. We like her because she's mysterious, but what is that? What is that that we don't know about her? Um, yeah, so I, I do like that question and I do like what he's thinking. I don't like why he's thinking it. Like he's just trying to blame someone. So he thinks of the last girl that hurt him and that's who he's going to blame. I don't like mm. that, but I do like the question. Like, what is Saya all about? Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I guess we'll find out in volume four. I guess we will, because we're doing this, Tim. We're, we're going through it. Yeah, we are. Sometimes yeah. it takes a bit longer than we, we tell people, but we're doing it. Yeah, because sometimes we like other things. I know. We like lots it of happens. things. We're, we're doing it, though. For sure, we're hitting volume four. How could we not keep going after this? What a cliffhanger. Oh, especially after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got to go, we gotta go with it. So Yeah, okay. for sure. Cool. Dean, thank you for joining this week. Yeah, man. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time.
I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.